so guys um hey i just wanted to talk about my theory i'm not really sure if anybody else has this theory anywhere i've looked into it a little bit and i'm just kind of piecing together different parts um okay so i have this theory and it's gonna sound kind of out there when you first listen to it but after a while you might um, understand it a little bit better or hopefully I can explain it properly. Alright, so I believe in the multi-dimension theory and I believe that um, we reside on our own plane of existence where there's also higher planes and lower planes. Now, I believe that there's like divine beings and the divine beings, I believe, personally reside on higher higher uh, vibrational planes than we do and I think that that's also why that they have to talk to us through numerology or through signs and stuff like that is because that it's too dense here now that is another uh that is something that I've seen in a lot of other places um that they theorize that and they say that's why they have to talk with you know numbers and that's why they have to talk patterns blah 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 so um another theory that I have uh in regards to that is when you look at it it's by vibrational planes of existence so when you take that and you look at that uh electromagnetic spectrum and you look at light the light spectrum is of different colors correct so um when you take a prism and you totally diffract all of those colors and you see the scale running from red to violet then you see um you see those colors completely split you don't see them mingled together which is what we see as light which is the visible spectrum i believe that um all dimensions are mingled and sometimes there are different things that will diffract them the same way that a rainbow is diffracted. And that's why I believe that also rainbows are um, signs of uh, other portals being opened and stuff like that. So when you take something such as um, looking into the ultraviolet scale, or you look at the uh, infrared scale, or infrared versus the ultraviolet part, which is not seen, you can also notice that there's different temperature changes in those that are not seen, but they're shown through the temperature. So that this means that regardless of the fact that we can't see them, there is still some sort of energy exchange there that is um, vibrating at a different level that some animals can see. So, uh, you know, ultraviolet and stuff like that, something like, you know, seeing in the dark, stuff like, stuff like, uh, uh, what is that called? Night vision, duh. Sounds so stupid for a minute. So, moths. Moths don't really look, uh, use light for their travel. They primarily use the dark with the travel. Now, um, the way that they pollinate their flowers and stuff is by seeing different 
colors that we are not able to see. And those colors are shown up in the ultraviolet scale. And this is why I, um, such, since the ultraviolet scale is at a lower vibration than um, what we normally see, I believe that that's also why they're connected more towards lower vibrational um, planes of existence. So like, you know, ghosts or like, um, you know, demonic. Uh, underworld stuff all that stuff is all like you know um lower vibrational planes so um there's also there's also um beings who would be able to see higher than that or creatures who would be able to see higher than that or lower than that and another example would be you see cats and cats can see cats and dogs um it's not that they're necessarily it's not necessarily that dogs are colorblind it's just that they see a different scale than we do so they they don't see the particular colors that we see because that they're seeing at a lower lower rate than we see and that's why there's a lot of times where people would be like oh well i i heard my dog barking at absolutely nothing it's a very big possibility that that dog was actually able to see something that you weren't able to see and that could be the very reason for that is because that they're actually able to see in a different wavelength than we are it's the same thing as them being able to hear in a di different wavelength than we are um you know dog whistles they don't they don't work for us because you know you know some of them do some of them you can hear but they don't really hurt our ears but they hurt a dog's ears because a dog has that particular hearing it's not necessarily um better or worse hearing it's just that they hear a different frequency than we do there's also been a thing with different age groups so um this is another thing that goes into uh children so it is also known it's also a common thing for children to be known for um see perceiving the unseen world more than adults and when you actually think about it there is a frequency that past the age of i think 40 or 30 or 40 that you cannot hear anymore that you can hear when you're younger and that is that is i believe one of those cases that is a little more on the side of you know for clear audience um, abilities so you may be able to be more in tune with hearing hearing um, nature spirits or elementals uh, actually I don't I would more so say like nature spirits I don't think I've ever contacted elementals but you know it's possible um, but elementals to me are a little more uh, spiritual than nature spirits um, it's kind of hard to explain my belief on that. That was just kind of like a side thing. Okay. So as far as that goes, that would explain a reason why, you know, um, children versus adults. And then also teenagers versus teenagers versus adults. And then, a, and then um, you know, like 20-year-olds versus, you know, 40-year-olds and so on and so on. So different stages in your life, you can hear or see or feel 
um, taste or whatever. That's another thing, taste. So, um, clear, uh, it's one of the clears, but it's for taste. I can't really remember exactly what it is right now. But, um, another thing is your taste buds always changing, right? So, you know, at one point, you're only able to taste, uh, my daughter wasn't able to taste sour stuff. She was only able to taste sugar or salt. And then later she started being able to taste sour and sweet. Or sour versus bitter. So this can also be, um, tied into training your senses and stuff like that. So... As a kid and also as an adult, I'm a very observant person. I will sit there and pick apart songs and take something such as a drum, like listen only to the drums as if that's the only instrument playing, um, or listen only to the vocals as if it's only the vocalist. Um, and I will mentally force that instead of just kind of falling into it, like Ed like daydreaming and then falling into it um you can think of this as far as training yourself to like you know vegetables or training yourself to um not want to eat you know too much sugar too many carbs and stuff like that you can use any of these type of examples to show that you can also you can run into or out of um being able to perceive these different worlds and also just some people are just everybody's different on that some people just still can some people can't it all depends you know if you still have a wide a very huge imagination and stuff like that then you may be more more in tune with other worlds and maybe more able to visualize and such. Um, as far as physically seeing things, um, I've never been able to physically see anything that was, you know, otherworldly. I've only been able to mentally see them and then in a meditative process talk to that being um i've been able to physically feel them though and physically hear them um and sometimes a taste or sometimes a smell will come up but as far as the other one as far as seeing and as you know as far as seeing goes i've never actually physically seen and honestly my vision sucks in general i have astigmatism i'm supposed to be using glasses and stuff i'm not saying that that's the case but if we're talking about the scientific side of things and that you would only be able to see certain wavelengths if your vision was up to par then that could be the absolutely be the reason why i'm not able to um you know, it's also possible that, you know, those, those entities have, or those beings have never crossed over into a way of me being able to see them. It's very possible, but I believe that different people also have different abilities. 
and I know that you can, everybody has the potential to have those abilities, but some people just aren't as in tune with them or don't, tr or it's a little harder for them to train themselves. I never really had a, I never really wanted to see them. I've always been kind of scared of seeing them for some reason, just kind of like, I don't know, being able to physically see something there that nobody else can see would make me feel like I'm fucking crazy, but at the same time I hear stuff and feel things that nobody else is feeling or, you know, hearing, so I know that that can be a lot different as well. Um, so as far as other vibrations for colors. So, colors emit different vibrations. Well, the thing is that there's also capabilities of using those different vibrations to heal. Um, so, if you've ever heard of light therapy um, or photo phototherapy. So, I actually wrote about... Uh, Honestly, this entire thing that I'm talking about has been written in my book, but, you know, I'm just, like, telling you guys because I'm not so sure how many people are actually going to buy it. I'm not really, you know, I don't really care. It's not really that big a deal. But if you do want to read it, it's called Rainbow Witch, and it's by Amethyst Thistle, which is me. That's my witch name. So, um, and it's on Amazon, and it's also available in Kindle version. It's not really a big deal to me, though, because I only get, like, a couple dollars profit here and there from each book. It's, you know, it's just how they do because it's a print-on-demand thing. Um, so, I'm actually going to pull up my book so I can tell you a little bit more about it. I'm not going to quote it word for word just because I'm really bad at reading things off. Um, so my entire basis for writing this book was so that people, people can have more specific books. I'm really tired of seeing so many books that are super vague and only touch base on a couple of things and don't really get deep into it and, and you know, under the surface and actually, you know, tell things a little more and, and focus on things that should be in there as opposed to such a really wide, like, oh, you know, you need to know these type goddesses, you need to know these gods, you need to know who started witchcraft, who, or who started this particular part of witchcraft, and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, knowledge is power, and, you know, in order to gain power, you have to have access to knowledge, so this is what I'm doing. Um, Rainbow Witchcraft, it's, it utilizes multiple different types of witchcraft. There's no one particular one that's used. There's so many different ones, it's ridiculous, uh, that I use, and I'm, I only wrote about a few of them, and it's still, it's still not enough in my opinion. 
So the electromagnetic spectrum ranges from radi is a range of different types of radiation, which is ener energy that spreads out as it travels. So there's going to be the visible, infrared, ultraviolet, x-ray, gamma ray, radio, microwave, um, different types of radiation like that. And they can be measured in different ways, such as volts, meters, hertz, and stuff. Um, so not all light is able to be passed through Earth's atmosphere. So celestial light must be measured in various types of telescopes, etc. Um, magic is also defined as being a manipulation of energy. And Albert Einstein said, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you can he cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is philosophy. Uh, this is not philosophy. This is physics. And that's how the law of attraction works. You know, positive thoughts, negative thoughts, positive brings positive, negative brings negative. So we also have our own field. Humans have their own field, um, which a lot of people who work in magic refer to this as their aura. Now, as far as auras go, you can have different moods. And you can, they also are um, incorporated into the different chakras. So, auras are the colorful energy fields that surround living things or objects. And your core aura will override the emotions that you put off. So, if you have, if you have a specific emotion, like let's say that you're really mad, um, but in general you're a very peaceful person, your core aura of being a peaceful person will come out and will be still visible regardless. So you'll know, like some people, like my husband has a hard time taking me seriously because that I'm a peaceful person. I'm not really the type of person who's going to like be yelling and everything. And so when I do, he's like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> so, you know, um, there's a, a core type of aura where it's like, that's your just core being, you know, that's just what you put off is that you're a healing person or that you're, you know, a mean, you're, a, if you're vicious, then that's going to come out. But there's also the positive versus negative fluctuation, um, which would be emotions. And this kind of ties into things such as mood rings, you know, um, and the concept is based on uh, different temperatures that you would put off. And if you remember back to what I was talking about with colors, colors put off their own different temperatures because of the um, what what uh, frequencies they're putting off would emit that specific color. That's also why we call different colors, such as a cool color versus a, a warm color. And thermal cameras have actually been able to demonstrate temperatures variation on um, as reactions to different emotional circumstances. Um, another thing is color affects sales. So like red, red would make you more hungry. You know, um, so since it speeds up metabolism, somebody would put that on a fast food chain. Um, there's also the lighter versus darker colors so like 
you know, maybe a maybe gray or versus like a pastel. You know, and um, if it's like a dull or you know mucky type of color and stuff like that, that might be a lot more along the lines of like a darker a darker energy to it regardless of what the color is it's still gonna have a darker murky energy and when you take that you can also incorporate that into the different chakras so um you know um there's the seven chakras so it would be your crown your uh third eye your throat heart and i'm sorry if i get these wrong but solar plexus uh I always get those confused for some reason. I might have to look at that for a second. Well, anyways, there's the... Oh, okay. There's the throat, the heart, the solar plexus, the sacral, and the root chakras. Alright. So, when you take those, there's, um, like, so let's say you are emitting a murky brown color. Since brown is on the, sh on the red shade, um, or is a shade of red, you, it's also a shade of all the colors mixed together, but it's like, um, particularly like an actually healthy red or a healthy brown would be from red so since root is more associated with earth then um if you're brown you're just more of an earthy person now let's say that you are are more i don't know let's say like gray and it's a blue gray as opposed to a brown gray or whatever if it's a blue gray it might be your throat throat chakra there might be some issues that is going on there so I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later though just because you know got a few things that I've got to like say first all right so as far as light magic goes that's the visible spectrum that's the thing that's all around us and is essential to our existence, to our, like, for our heat, for everything. So, when it's refracted, reflected, or focused, that's how you manipulate it. Um, with this, you could, like, you could seriously take a magnifying glass and use the light to, um, you know, burn, burn something. Or literally just having a lens for, for your you know, for your eyes or having a mirror or a prism or something like that, it all manipulates light. That's light manipulation. It's all just changing its direction. And rainbows are naturally occurring. The light is bending through the raindrops. So it can also be artificially reproduced through a prism or through a sprinkler or something like that. Um, and I was also talking about how since they're all individual 
frequencies and stuff that it could be either door to many different realms and shit. Um, so lore about rainbows also tends to point towards the direction of of being either a door or a bridge between different worlds. Amongst some of them, the Native American tribes uh, were seen as a bridge between the human worlds and the gods. Um, other tribes believed that they were simply pathways between realms. Um, but, you know, there was also, like, it was the skirt, the skirt of the, of the sun god, or the, like, the rim of his coat, or something like that. So, rainbows are very big in mythology and stuff. Going back to the phototherapy, um, phototherapy is already being used. Um, when my daughter had jaundice, which is pretty common in newborns, um, which is where the eyes or the skin has a yellowish pigment and it's due to a um, liver problems or obstruction of the bile duct and since her levels were too high they had to put her on there and it and onto a, a phototherapy thing and so they call it the billy bed actually and it's called photo oxidation um it will help, like, with the UV light. It'll help break down the, the bilirubin in the, in the baby's body and help them um, pass, it, pass it through their system and stuff. And phototherapy has also been brought into the beauty industry. Um, facials used with colored lights and, you know, it triggers the skin um, in different depths and stuff like that to help with bacteria, to help speed up healing and stuff like that. This has also been used with plants. So if you think about it, there's a lot of things with plants versus humans that are going to do the same exact thing. Music, for example. Different wavelengths of music will cause, or different frequencies of music will cause different reactions in the brain, just the same as it will with plants. Plants have actually been known to um, communicate with each other through their own vibrations. And... Um, you know, that's how we communicate, right? It's through vibrations. So when you talk to your plants or you sing to your plants or whatever, that's basically just you singing to your babies. Same shit. You know, it helps them grow. It helps them, you know, develop better. This would be the same as light. You know, obviously plants need light to, to be able to grow, except for a couple that don't really, you know, need it too much, like moss. Um... So, as far as that goes, then they've also been taking things such as, like, if you've ever seen grow lights, there's different lights, such as, like, um, you know, red or green, um, and red will help with um, speeding it up and producing more fruit and stuff, and green will help produce more foliage, you know, things like that. Um... Alright, let's go back to the auras and the chakras for a minute. So, um, for your crown, if it's hyperactive, then you'll be addicted to spirituality and not really stay in touch with the material world. If it's blocked, you won't be in touch with spirituality. And when it's unblocked, the chakra will, this chakra will allow you to be aware of yourself as well as, well as the world around you. 
Now, um, I would go into the rest of the chakras, but, uh, you know, there's, you know, I could either do a whole nother episode about that, or we could just, you know, you could just look it up yourself. It's not really, it's, it's super easy to find stuff like that. Um, now the crown, the crown would be white or violet. And, um, if, if it's an unhealthy grayish violet and it's not really, uh, vibrant or anything, then that's an indication of it being blocked or, or, you know, having trouble with that one. And you might be having trouble with your spirituality and stuff. Now, if it's hyperactive, it might be like too bright. You might not, you know, like the glow might be super bright. You not be able to like see and stuff. But if it's, if it's right, then it'll be the perfect healthy color of violet. You know, that also goes for like third eye being the healthy color of indigo, you know, heart being the healthy color of green, um, you know, solar plexus, sacral, blah, 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 blah. So, um, auras fluctuate between the the predominant colors and the emotional colors. Um, so mine tends to show off, uh, violet and indigo. And those auras are tied in to the colors of the chakras, the seven, the seven chakras, the seven colors, you know, root being red and, and crown being violet or white, but I choose to use violet just because it makes the perfect rainbow doing it that way. Alright, so, well, also, um, what I wanted to say about that is, as far as the chakra goes, if you want to, if you want to try to determine what a, um, aura color means, think about it in the sense of, if it's, if it's a murky color, then it's bad, uh, and if it's a bright color, then it's good, so, like, the good properties of each chakra versus the bad properties of each chakra. Um, you can also determine different, uh, you know, diseases within the body due to, um, chakras. Some people can do this. I'm not a hundred percent cause I can't really do that too much, but you know, I'm not going to say that that's not possible. Alright, so many different cultures also believe the myth believe uh, that the rainbow is a doorway, and my personal belief is that it's that these worlds are not entirely visible to us until it's refracted into a rainbow, and that's why um, it's only visible at that point. And that could also be an explanation for why activity is only occasionally seen and is often mostly noticed by animals. Um, snakes can see infrared and spiders can see ultraviolet. And uh, fey creatures, fey and nature, fey, nature spirits, whatever, are also known to be um, accompanied by plants and animals and since lore tends to show rainbows being doorways for the fey realm as well as others theoretically animals could very well see these creatures um animals also have a uh pineal gland 
which is what our third eye is, is the pineal gland. And they're also photoperiodic and, uh, you know, which shows the different changes of melatonin and secretion affect affection uh, affecting um emotions and behaviors in humans sorry I'm, I'm like not i'm trying to not read my own stuff word for word because that would basically be like <laughs> am i like basically plagiarizing myself or like what the hell am i doing so light would be so as far as period periodic would go it's basically taking an outside um signal that triggers your brain into um, a different action and using light it would do a cyclical release of chemicals for starting and stopping certain actions and characteristics of r would be present characteristics of this would be present in plants animals fungi and bacteria um and i'm including humans in the animal sector just because we really are animals a lot of people can argue that but whatever we're mammals there are mammal animals so whatever um i honestly think that this can also link to different influences on the magical correspondences such as plants crystals and metal metals and more um the reason why i think this is true is because think about the fact that a certain light would be you know a certain trigger response um, for different actions and stuff like that, you know, if a plant that's primarily going to, like, a morning glory, a morning glory likes the first light, it doesn't like the hot, you know, white light during the day, it only likes that up and to there for it to bloom, so that's gonna, in my opinion, that's gonna have those properties as opposed to midday properties or, you know, nighttime properties. Hmm, let's see. So different creatures have different photoreceptors in their eyes, and that's what I was talking about with the dogs not necessarily being colorblind but it's more so that um they're seeing in the dark and cats can see in the dark um many insects also have the ability to see ultraviolet bees bees will look at the um uv patterns on different flowers and it makes them more attractive to the bee um that helps them with their pollination process and it also helps them to view to see flowers that don't have a color that they're able to see that's visible to us and it's pretty to us, but they're not able to see it, you know. Um, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, this fucking shrimp. The mantis shrimp is actually able to see, is actually has 12 color receptors and is possibly able to see more colors than any other animal and it can see UV, infrared, and polarized light.
so um, color is also able to affect different animals' behavior and trigger different responses. So butterflies will only land on different flowers that have more of the red scale type colors, warm colors, where moths are the opposite and more drawn to violet, violet portions of the rainbow, which are like the cooler colors. And so that's why I also believe that the lore is um, surrounding the animals is also tied into their sp specific connection to the electromagnetic spectrum since you know like i was talking about earlier with moss being being uh connected to the dark and connected to um lower vibrations as opposed to higher vibrations you know that's another reason why i believe there's like hot spots versus cold spots i believe that the warmth is coming from a higher vibration where um cold is coming from a lower vibration so if you're feeling something that's cold it's more likely to be um something that's below you our plane of existence whereas if you're feeling something warmer it's more likely to be like a divine being or you know a nature spirit or something like that oh my bad so blue is the color that encourages leaf growth Whereas, like, violet helps with colors bloom, with flowers blooming, and red seems to trick the plant into thinking more daytime has passed. Um, there's also the colors of different plants having, like, their magical correspondences. If you want me to, like, list those off, I can do that. But, you know, this is already a super long-ass video. <laughs> so, uh, our not video, um, uh, episode. So what exactly would determine a plant's pigment? Um, Billy Rubin, uh, like I was saying earlier in my child when she was born, has discovered, has been discovered in plants the same as humans and it's producing the yellow pigment and it's produced when it breaks down the chlorophyll. So that's when it's, um, you know, dying off. But that's not like a yellow pigment as in a good yellow. That'd be more of a dark, uh, like a, a bad, like murky yellow. So chlorophyll, chlorophyll is the green pigment. We pretty much all know that. Um, carotenoids, carotenoids um, absorb the cool colors and turn produce yellows and orange. And lysopin excuse me, these words are going to be so hard for me to say, kinthaxanthin, kinthaxanthin, and astaxanthin are similar to those, but are also, but are responsible for the various red tones. Flavonoids produce the yellow pigments in plants such as lemons, but they're only, um, only visible under UV light. So you can use flavon you can use the flavonoids in lemon juice to do um, you know invisible ink and stuff like that. And thox, <laughs> my lord, 
anthocyanins uh, pigment changes depending on the uh, pH level. This is seen most commonly in fruit such as like blueberries. Um, also, I believe I'm not entirely sure, but that reminded me of hydrangeas. So like hydrangeas will change pink to blue depending on the pH in the soil. Oh my lord, all these words. Pro, proanthocyanidas produces a beige, black, brown, and red tones. These are present in the bark of trees. So, um, that's just one example. Um, beige, black, and brown, and red tones would be... So, like, I think the beige... I can't remember, but I think the beige part of those are in, like, apple, for example. So, like, when you think of the apple, you think of red, but this is more so, like, the meat of it. Um, the meat of the apple would be, you know, beige-colored. Batalanes <laughs> has subgroups. So, beta-sanane, <laughs> which produces the red-violet and the bataxithin which produces the yellow to orange shades. Melanin is also producing tan colors in plants as well as animals. So, um, as far as animals go, there's also pigments due to their diets. Um, so there's different birds that will eat certain things like for a red, a red color, or like they'll also have structural colors, which is from light reflection and stuff. Chromato... Oh, yeah, they can also change their pigment due to camouflage. So, chromatophores are also pigments filled, pigment-filled sacs. And so, that's for, like, octopus, uh, octopi, whatever. Um, so, they can change, like, depending on, like, if they're touching something or whatever like that. <clears throat> I'm thinking that's pretty much all that I can say without, like... I pretty much said my whole book except for a few things, like the rainbow mythology and stuff, but, you know, I was just telling you guys the theories that I have behind that. Um, I really truly believe that different colors can be associated with different, um, different, uh, planes of existence, so even the even the wavelengths that we can't see and try putting those into the wavelengths of numbers and the wavelengths of sounds, frequencies, songs, um, you know, just any type of vibration, being able to connect to a higher pitch versus a lower pitch, you know, stuff like that. Uh, all right, guys. So, I pretty much read you my whole fucking book without you having to buy it, almost, except for a few things that I left out. Um, so, if you want to message me, you can talk to me through um, my email, which is sierrapanda98 at gmail.com, or you can talk to me on my Facebook, which is uh, Sierra Joy Williams, and you can also talk to me on my aminos, which are... Um, my name on there is Amethyst Thistle. Uh, just look for any kind of pagan or, like, witch amino that's on there. 
if you don't know what an amino is, amino is a um, is an app that's basically like your own Facebook for whatever. So like you can create an entire group that has your own blog posts, your own challenges, your own whatever um, communities, chat rooms, and all that stuff. All of them like just create your own. I created my own, but I use it basically like my own book of shadows type of thing, just like an online version. <laughs> so um. Alright guys, I'll uh, talk to y'all later.